You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Friday, March 17th. We are weeks away from opening day 2017. We're talking Pirates baseball today, as always, with Adam Barry. Adam, thank you very much for joining us. And Adam, want to start on, uh, you know, focusing on some guys that have really uh, stood out the past uh, couple of weeks uh, in spring training. One guy in particular that uh, had a great second half since he was acquired by the Pirates, and that's really continued into spring training, has been Avon Nova. Uh, as you wrote uh, the other day, he was the first Pirate pitcher to go five innings in a spring training start and five of very impressive innings against a lethal Red Sox offense, no less. Uh, Nova goes five innings of five Ks, did not walk a single batter. As you pointed out uh, in the game recap in that article, that as opposed to previous years when he was with the Yankees, when he was not certain of a spot in that rotation, he is now. It's going to be him. It's going to be Garrett Cole. It's going to be Jamison Tyone from there. A little uncertainty, but he is going to be one of those three guys in that rotation, hands down. So how much do you think that security is contributing to how relaxed and efficient that he looks uh, so far in the spring? Yeah, I think that's pretty significant. Comfort has been a huge thing for Nova, really from day one in Pittsburgh. You know, he walked in, he immediately felt comfortable in the Pirates clubhouse. He felt good working with Francisco Cervelli, Chris Stewart. Uh, pitching coach Ray Searage, manager Clint Hurdle, just the whole group he felt uh, you know, naturally comfortable with. So then you pair that with just the stability and knowledge that comes along with knowing uh, you know, that you have a spot guaranteed, you know the first start you're working toward, you know the results don't necessarily matter you know, in the sense that it's going to make or break your chances to earn a roster spot. You know, and that's something that he had to deal with uh, throughout his career with the Yankees. So you know, it just adds a whole other layer of comfort for Ivan Nova. And, you know, pitching-wise, he's just doing the same stuff that he did kind of down the stretch last season. He's not walking guys like you mentioned. You know, he's throwing strikes. I think 45 of his 65 pitches, uh, you know, the other night in Fort Myers were for strikes. That's what you want to see out of Nova. That's what allowed him to succeed uh, down the stretch in the second half. And, you know, if they can get that guy back for, you know, a full season, you know, full three years ideally, but – particularly next season, if, you know, if he can be their, their number three starter with that kind of consistency, you know, the rotation looks a, a little bit better than you know, it might have. It might, you know, cure some of the doubts and questions that people have about this team right now. Yeah, I certainly agree because, uh, you know, like we said, those top three spots seem to be uh, locked down right now. But then, you know, uh, from there, I, I think there's some guys that uh, have kind of pinned down the four and five spots, but not to the certainty that you're talking about the top three with uh, Nova and Cole and uh, Jamison Tyone. So Nova could certainly be a big part of that. And uh, Adam, when you look back at the, uh, you know, earlier this winter when uh, Nova was a free agent and he was, you know, contemplating offers from other teams or at least, you know, considering leaving Pittsburgh despite all the success he had, when he looks back on that now, does he kind of say to himself, you know, boy, what was I thinking? And I know that, you know, money is no object and it's important and, and you need it. But at the same time, considering how good he's looked now and how good he looked then, is it kind of amusing that, you know, to some degree he was at least considering leaving a place where he's obviously so comfortable and so successful? Well, I think it actually validates the stance that he had this offseason, which was that he was going to let the Pirates, you know, kind of 
do their thing, and if they could make an offer that he deemed acceptable, he wanted to go back. Pittsburgh was always the priority. Uh, and basically for the reasons that I talked about earlier, it's about comfort, it's about fit, uh, you know, it's about knowing, you know, where you stand and, and who you are in the context of that, that team. That was very important to him, maybe more so than money. So I think it very much backs up the decision that he made. And, you know, granted, we're only talking about spring training right now, but the success that he had in the second half, uh, you know, as well as just the way that he's kind of rolled that into the spring, uh, really does back up that mentality. And it shows that he was in it for the right reasons. You know, maybe he could have taken more money to go elsewhere. We don't know the specifics of that yet, but, uh, you know, comfort was a priority. Pittsburgh was his top option. He said that uh, from the start and maintained that here into spring training. And I think it's really shown why uh, here, you know, these, these couple weeks of spring training and then certainly the second half last year, ideally for, you know, the Pirates, it'll roll over for a full season. And like I said, hopefully three years. Yeah, hopefully uh, this will be a match that will uh, pay dividends not just for Nova but for the Pirates as well uh, for the next couple years down the road. And like you said, yes, it's spring training, but when you couple what he's doing now with what he did in in the second half, that really lends itself to believing that he could really come on strong for a full season in a Pirates uniform here in 2017. Adam, one of the guys you mentioned, uh, that comfort level that that Nova has with, is uh, Francisco Cervelli, and he recently returned. I shouldn't say recently because uh, Italy was bounced uh, about a week or two ago now, but uh, he is back with the Pirates uh, in their camp after participating in the World Baseball Classic for uh, Italy. And, uh, you know, anyone who's following this tournament, and I certainly am, I know you are too, I think mm-hmm. for my money the best game in that tournament was Italy's amazing comeback win against Mexico in Mexico. Italy trailed 9-5 entering the bottom of the ninth, they scored five runs without making a single out. The first seven guys all reached base. A stunning 10-9 comeback win. I don't believe Cervelli was a part of that rally, but to be on that team, to see your teammates do what they did, had to be something special for him. I know that you had a conversation with Francisco about his experience in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, just give me some of the highlights of that discussion between the two of you. Yeah, he really came back uh, just sort of raving about the entire experience. He did it in 2009, uh, also for Team Italy. And enjoyed it then. I think he even seemed to enjoy it more uh, this time, despite you know them getting bounced out of the first round. Um, part of it was that he got to take his family with him. Uh, his father was born in Italy, so he said his dad basically cried every time he saw him put on the Italian jersey. That was pretty sweet of him to uh, to say and notice and point out to us. Um, yeah, he just really had a good time. Italy was not a favored team in that bracket. Obviously, he said they were the team that you know sort of nobody believed in. So. You know, for them to beat Mexico, for them to contend and get down to that tiebreaker game with, with Venezuela, which is kind of funny because that's where Cervelli is actually from. He's a native of Venezuela, so, you know, really he couldn't lose either way there. Um, it, it was pretty neat to, to see the excitement that he had for the whole thing and just to see him kind of guide a, a young staff, a young team, and be kind of a veteran. He said it was like a little bit of early homework for the season. You know, he, he got to work with some younger pitchers and prepare them for, you know, for a, for a grind and for being counted out. So, uh, just an overall positive experience. He said it was like playing in playoff games, so maybe he's a little bit tired, uh, more tired than he would be at this point of spring training otherwise, but he's certainly still got time to you know, to work on what he needs to work on to get back on the same page with the Pirates, uh, starting pitchers and relievers, and you know, get ready for opening day. Yeah, certainly, and that's a good point about these games feeling like uh, playoff games because you know technically this is an exhibition, but it doesn't have an exhibition feel to it because you see the swelling of national pride with uh, all these teams and all these countries and all these players and the fans especially. It really permeates uh, throughout all these matchups you see in every single bracket. And uh, Italy, certainly no different. And I know that uh, Francisco wishes his stay had 
been a little bit longer with uh, Team Italy. Alas, it was not. But for the time that he was there, I know that it was a very valuable experience for him uh, and for his teammates. And uh, Adam, to stay on the topic of the World Baseball Classic, you know, the Pirates have a lot of guys, you know, uh, having departed from the team to participate for their native countries. Uh, in addition to Cervelli, you've got Andrew McCutcheon, you've got uh, Josh Harrison, Starling Marte, and Gregory Polanco. And I think that of that bunch, with apologies to the other four, Polanco's been the guy who's really stood out. And not only has he stood out, he stood out for the team that many consider the favorites to win, as they mm -hmm. did back in uh, 2013, going 8-0. They do have a blemish on their record uh, in this year's tournament, but still considered to be the favorites to win the whole thing again. Of course, I'm talking about the Dominican Republic. And Adam, in your opinion, you know, take your average baseball fan who knows the name Gregory Polanco and knows he's a good player. Has his performance, you know, even though it's a very small sample size, has his performance on this world stage really kind of opened some eyes as to just how talented Gregory Polanco really is? Yeah, I'm kind of curious to get a sense of myself if that if that does happen because, you know, people are – I saw some people mention that, you know, this could be the sign of a breakout season for Polanco. And I, I guess it's true. You know, if you're not watching him every day, you look at the overall numbers from last season and you think, all right, well, he got better, but he didn't break out. But, you know, we watched him and we talked about him for really four months, uh, certainly three, three and a half months last year to start the season. And he was that guy. He broke out. He was arguably the Pirates' best hitter. Uh, for a very long stretch in the first half, he, you know, he could have been in the all-star conversation more than he was. Uh, you know, we've seen the potential. We've seen the promise. We just haven't seen the consistency. And, you know, right now you're seeing the signs and the flashes of, of what the Pirates like about him. You know, he's hitting for power. He's hitting uh, for average. They've actually put him in center field uh, for the Dominican in, in part and mostly because his teammate, Starling Marte, has been out with an ankle injury. Uh, but, you know, you're seeing him hold his own there. He's, he's playing left field. He's a really talented, gifted, natural athlete uh, who might be, you know, sort of coming into his own on a, on a full-time kind of permanent basis. And, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of this season we're talking about you know, Gregory Polanco is, you know, really being the third star in that outfield. Uh, he just needs to stay healthy, uh, you know, avoid some of the little nagging injuries that have kind of set him back, uh, particularly in the last two months last year, put together a full, healthy consistent season and you know the sky really is kind of the limit for him that's why the pirates invested in him that's why they gave him the contract extension at the beginning of last season they view him as a very important part of their core and you know as a potential star player yeah and maybe this is apples and oranges here but to draw a parallel between himself and another pittsburgh athlete who you may have heard of uh, Sidney crosby he had a remarkable performance in the world cup of hockey carry that over uh, into the regular season and he's the front runner in many people's minds uh, to win the Hart Trophy is the NHL MVP. Not saying that Polanco could reach those heights, but in terms of a guy that is using an exhibition tournament uh, prior to the regular season to get ready and to ground into form, maybe lightning could strike twice in terms of star Pittsburgh athletes, and we'll see what Gregory Polanco does here in uh, 2017. And Adam, to wrap up here, you know, I just rattled off all the names that have, uh, you know, been departed from the Pirates for some time because of the World Baseball Classic. You can make a case that no other team has as much star power missing from their major league team than the Pirates do due to the World Baseball Classic. So with that in mind, what kind of an environment or dynamic has there been created uh, with the players gone and the players getting more playing time because of their absences? Yeah, it's been interesting because you've seen a decent mix of prospects getting involved. You know, you've seen more Austin Meadows. You saw quite a bit of Barrett Barnes before he was sent back to minor league camp today. Uh, but really what you're seeing a lot of is, uh, you know, sort of like utility types moving around. 
You've seen Adam Frazier go out there in place of, uh, you know, a little bit of outfield. John Jaso has spent more time in right field. You know, guys like, uh, you know, Gifton Gope might be moving over to third and second a little bit more. Uh, you know, just all the utility types they have in camp. Max Moroff. Uh, you know, they have so many of these super utility types, Alan Hansen, guys, Phil Gosselin competing for really one or two, maybe three spots if Jung Ho Gung isn't ready, uh, you know, that they need to see, as Clint Hurdle said, are they capable of being a backup shortstop? Okay, what's their second best position? What's their third best position? Where are their strengths? Where are their weaknesses? So you're seeing a lot of those guys move around really on a daily basis, um, and it's created kind of an interesting competition and an interesting dynamic because, you know, it's not just guys kind of, you know, holding places and waiting for those other guys to get back. It's a little bit of a test run and an audition for, you know, if something does go wrong in the season and Marte gets hurt, uh, you know, and they move Andrew McCushion back to center field, can they put Jason in right field on a more consistent basis? You know, what can they do with Adam Frazier? You know, if there is going to be that opening and if it's for an extended period of time where Gong is gone, you know, is Phil Gosselin the guy? Is Jose Ozuna the guy? Ozuna's had maybe the best spring of anybody on the Pirates roster. He's hitting the, the life out of the ball. He looked really good, but, you know, is that going to carry over to the regular season? Or would you rather have someone like Phil Gosselin, who has a little bit more major league experience and is proven capable of playing, you know, left, third, short, second? Uh, Clint Hurdle mentioned him as a potential, uh, you know, late-inning defensive replacement at first base. Uh, you know, what can Alan Hansen show? Can he be consistent? It's, it's an interesting test for somebody like him where consistency is the issue that you actually can see him on, like, a semi-regular basis in spring training, which is not common. So, you know, Clint Hurdle always looks for the, the positives in any situation. And, you know, sure, the Pirates would have liked to have had their starting outfield here so they could, you know, get them together in this sort of realignment that they've, they've put together with Polanco and left, Marte in center, and McCutcheon in right. But it's also created a lot of opportunity. You know, there hasn't really been a ton of, of wasted at-bats and wasted innings or anything like that. Yeah, it's a great opportunity for uh, Clint Hurdle and the Pirates brass to uh, really assess or reassess, if that may be the case, uh, some guys that ordinarily would not get the playing time they're getting now uh, thanks to the World Baseball Classic. So we'll see uh, what the Pirates do uh, with those opportunities to, to see other guys in some new positions, and uh, we'll see how that all shapes itself out once the opening day roster is announced uh, just a couple of weeks from now. Hard to believe. Adam Barry, great stuff as always. We'll let you go. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Pittsburgh Pirates. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv TV Premium includes a free AtBat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.